Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Palmico dog training Q&A. These Q&As are held in the Palmico dog training inner circle and the Palmico inner circle is a closed Facebook group where people who are following the Palmico dog guide can ask questions and make posts and talk amongst each other. It's a supportive community for people who are training dogs with the Palmico dog guide. And the Palmico Dog Guide is an online video series with everything you need to train your own dog. If you're watching this Q&A in video format on Facebook and YouTube, you can listen to the audio of this Q&A and a whole bunch of others and some podcasts and loads of stuff on the Paul Michaels Revolution podcast. You can find that on all the good free podcast apps. And if you're listening to this podcast or this Q&A on our podcast and you want to find out more about Palmico Dog Training, you can look it up on Facebook and Instagram and links to the Palmico Dog Guide, videos, trailers and all sorts of stuff is there. If you're listening to this and you're wondering how to spell Palmico, it is taken from my name, Paul Michaels, P-A-U-M-I-K-O. Palmico is spelled P-A-U-M-I-K-O and you can find it on Facebook and Instagram. Right, so the questions that we have today in the Palmico Inner Circle, uh, we've got seven. The first one is from Kimberly, and Kimberly says, Our pup Rewa is five months old. She's a GSP Vizsla Border Collie Cross. She's been trained on the blueprint, and all that is going well, but this question I have is a general one, so I thought this page would be more appropriate so Kimberly's obviously following the blueprint and the Palmico dog guide so she's saying we let her run around in a dog proof section for about 20 minutes with my sister's golden retriever Simba and Simba's 15 months old it's good to get all these um, details as much details as possible on these questions like the age of the dog and um, what videos she's following and that it's really good we don't tend to watch them too closely as we try to separate that freedom from the training. Yep, that's good. Rewa is a submissive dog, generally, and will expose her belly to other dogs and be really shy. But with Simba, who she knows well, she is playing too rough, biting cheeks and tail and head, not just mouthing, but proper biting. She actually drew blood. We'd thought Simba would tell her off, but she is such a gentle dog. Oh, but he is such a gentle dog. He doesn't seem to growl her, although he has started playing quite rough back and grabbing her by the scruff of the neck. Do you reckon they are just sorting out the pecking order? I'm reluctant to use the command of disapproval with this one because I don't think Rewa would respond to it during a play session. Considering whether a soft muzzle might teach you to stop, any thought to be appreciated as the two dogs will be spending will be around each other a lot. So it'd be a shame if they can't play nice. Okay, yeah, this is a good question. So basically, Kimberly's got two dogs, a young pup that she's training on the Blueprint and the Palmico Dog Guide, and she's got an older dog that's super cruisy, and her younger dog is playing real rough with the older dog. Sometimes it's getting a little bit out of hand. And Kimberly's basically wondering, should she use a command of disapproval? So say, um, Rewa, ah, cut it out. Or give her, a, give her a telling off or stomp a foot or something like that. Or 
should she leave it because she's worried about exposing weakness and this is something we talk about in the blueprint and the palmico dog guide where you give a pup or dog a command in a situation that your pup or dog doesn't listen to and every time you do that every time you give a dog a command it doesn't listen to is exposing weakness and you don't want to do that so but it's a bit different with the command of disapproval and it's a bit different in this case and we can sort of go back to one of our other principles which is putting pressure on what you don't want and praise on what you do want and when you see a, a pup or dog doing something you don't want it to do you want to put pressure on it you, and, and particularly if a pup or dog knows you're watching or knows you're around you don't want to stand by and let it do it the mere fact that you this come up in, a, in another Q&A recently the mere fact that you're just watching it happen without giving any disapproval is communicating to your pup or dog that it's fine to do it and it'll keep doing it and quite often it'll escalate and become more of a, a habit and get worse and worse. So um, yeah, Kimberly, I would definitely use a command of disapproval, stern command of disapproval. Um, and it's funny because I was just reading through these questions earlier this morning and I was thinking, well, that's what I do with Miko because Miko does this exact same thing with print. Um, she started quite young. Miko's quite a forward, confident, um, super happy young dog, you know, and um, she does play with print rough and Prince sounds very similar to Simba um, where he's just super cruisy, super cruisy dude. And um, she just lets her get away with it. He'll start to play back a little bit, but he never gives her that proper snap to really snap her out of it, you know. And um, Fly does. Miko doesn't do it to Fly because Fly will come in at the right level. I've never had a fight. Fly will never bite her to cause injury. But it, it comes back to, um, and again, I was talking about this in the last Big Game Indicating Dogs Q&A. Um, it's not about you know, hurting the dog or or if, you, if you're talking about checking on a leash, it's not about um, pulling really hard on the leash or if you're talking about a verbal command of disapproval, it's not about how loud you are, it's all about the tone and the speed and the sharpness, you know, and um, you see that with older dogs, like Fly, if Miko rolls up on Fly and just goes to have a little bit of play, Fly is very quick and she's just like, ah! And I'll have a growl and a little snap real quick. And it's the tone. She doesn't even make contact. But she makes it very obvious that she's not keen on doing that at the time. Then later on, Fly and Miko will run around um, and play heaps. But it's not, um, you know, it's not open to debate. Miko can't... Um, do it with Fly the way she does the print because print just doesn't correct her the way Fly does. So um, so I've been doing it and, and I'm not over the top if I see her just playing a little bit, I don't step in. But when I see her getting really into it, when print doesn't want to and I can see her going over the top, they're often doing it on the deck right outside my kitchen or just around that area and I'll stomp and yell from inside. So I'm like, hey! And I stomp real loud on the ground and yell, and that and it snaps them out of it. Um, Miko just hears this massive bang and a yell from me, which makes you stop what she's doing and look at me, and it just stops the whole thing. Um, so, long story short, I definitely correct it. 
um and and the other thing there is you know the commander disapproval is a little bit like our a little bit different to our stop command and things like that in, in that um you know you don't want to give your stop command or a recall command in a situation where a pup or dog may not listen but the commanded approval is a little bit different in that if a dog is doing something we really don't want it to do um I'm still going to intervene with that command of disapproval even if I think there's a chance that it's not going to listen. And in the case of, say, Miko um, going overboard with the play with print when print might not necessarily want to do it, um, or I can see it's escalating or getting out of hand, uh, I've never really had it because I stomp real loud and I've got a small section so they always hear it, but I'd still, hey, stomp on the ground. And if they didn't stop, I'd open the door and I'd, walk out there and I get closer and closer and louder and louder and escalate that pressure until Miko went until Miko took notice and stopped you know so um that's my take on that definitely um intervene and it just comes back to that pressure and praise reading and timing principle getting it early too is important um but if you do happen to see it happening uh midway and it's out of hand i cut it off too um put pressure on what you don't want praise on what you do want sarah hi paul benji is mostly pretty good on the lead but has this annoying habit of wanting to walk right at the end of the lead with a little bit of tension on it he's not pulling or anything i can still hold the lead with two fingers but he seems to like hanging out right at the end I've tried change of direction, etc., but I'm struggling to get his attention on me. Any advice? And there's a bit of a um, video here of them. Looks like they're walking along the side of the road or something, and I can see the dog. Um, yeah, he's just out front, a <clears throat> little bit of tension on the leash, and it's not a perfect relaxed lead heel. So... Sarah, again, I've gone through these messages and I've got a bit of a, um, a an answer ready to go here. Um, a couple of things. I would try a long line and a shortened long line instead of a, a lead and a, a, a thicker soft collar like what you've got on in that video. Um you know exactly like in the palmico dog guide when i'm showing you how i trained miko a heel the first time and even having that long line we actually stop and i show you how to put the long line on the right way so the dog can feel your corrections very very gentle corrections and the sensation that that long line gives them it just makes them pay attention without having to have a whole heap of tension on the on the leash or a collar or a harness that long line, you know, I can basically have it hanging off the tip of one finger and then use good timing to to teach a dog a heel very quickly, you know. And then I end up in a situation very quickly where I've got a completely relaxed leash, no tension on the leash heel, um, and the dog has to have no pressure on its neck. And once it's all set up, then I go back to a, a leash and collar if I want. But a long line helps a lot to set that up um, initially. And another thing is, is I don't know what's going on here. You sort of walk along the side of the road. 
Um, a big one here is to actually go out and train your heel in a in a nice big open space with no distractions. You know, like go get to a big sports ground or a park, get right over one the back corner of it while not much is going on, and actually do some practice drills on your heel um, and your leash work instead of sort of going for a walk and trying to get from A to B, you know, walk around the block with different distractions coming up or walking around a certain circuit that you do over and over that your dog may know. So he, your, your dog is looking forward to get, you know, he knows where he's going. So he gets up around the corner and then he wants to go, you know, walk past the, the usual spot he goes past and sniff his usual trees and all that. He's on a mission. He's got somewhere to go, you know. Um... And once your leash work isn't perfect like this, it can be quite hard to fix it in that situation where the problem is being created. You know, and just the mere fact that you're going on your same circuit every time, uh, your dog's got somewhere to go and they're pushing you out in front. But when you take it to somewhere completely different and do those proper drills, those heel drills, when you haven't got a mission trying to go somewhere, um, that can really help too. So um, on both these things, Kimberly and all of these questions, um, Kimberly and Sarah, um, go away and try this stuff or throw it in a comment straight away and just let, let me know if this stuff makes sense. Um, if you go away and try it, let us know if it works or if it doesn't and don't hesitate to come back and ask again or say what happened and ask for more suggestions in the next Q&A. So Megan, so Megan's saying, thanks for answering my question in one of the previous Q&As. I was just wondering what your opinion is on introducing a second dog to the household. Oh, yep. Yep, I read this question this morning too. Our Aussie Shepherd is a two and a half years year old and is overexcited around other dogs, so we don't let her off the lead as we are still working on a recall. Okay, so... She's super friendly to other dogs when she gets to friends' places and has a great temperament. I'm prepared to continue training her and was thinking about getting a second dog. However, I want to be responsible and don't want to invest in another dog into the family if this will ruin our training with our first dog. She does get lonely at home and she doesn't get to go off lead at the park. So we would love her to have her to have another dog around for a companion. Your help will be much appreciated. Okay, so so Megan's got one dog and she's obviously in a position where her dog isn't necessarily listening to commands very well out in public or out in the park or around other dogs in big open areas and that. Um, and in the Palmico Dog Guide and, and all my training really, um, if we end up getting in a situation where our dog isn't listening to commands, it's just taken off after other dogs, we basically take a step back, put a lead on it, put a long line on it, and work on our control, and then try to work back forwards step by step, um, doing all the prop proper things to get back into a position where we can control our dog off-leash out in public and all of that. So Megan's kind of at that stage with her dog now. Um, she's not quite ready to be off leash out in public because it might go tearing off and running up to other dogs and then that can escalate and get out of hand and you end up with a dog that 
every time you let it off a lead out in public, it ends up 200 metres away um, and that can just get worse and worse, you know. So she's doing the right thing there for sure. Um, but she wants to get another dog and she's worried that just another dog in the household may ruin all the training with her, with her current dog. Um, my take on that, Megan, is if you're doing everything right, uh, particularly around home, if you're following the Palmico Dog Guide and you're following all those principles and everything, I don't see a problem with introducing another dog. And, you know, I have other dogs. I've got Print and Fly here. Um, uh, as I've been raining, uh, raising and training Miko, obviously Print and Fly are really well trained. And if anything, they sort of help. And you see me doing that um, control work and... Um, distraction training and things using print and fly and it's good because they're so well trained um i've also been in situations in the past like with print when i was raising and training print we had anything up to six or eight other dogs because i was doing um dog training boot camps where i had other people's untrained dogs coming in and and they were around um so print was raised for his whole first year in that environment you know he'd go into a dog proof area and run around and play with them and um, do all sorts of stuff so um, my take on it no issues at all for me bringing another um, pup or dog in if you're following all the principles you're not exposing weakness you're not doing um, you know breaking any of the rules it's fine you know and it, and it can even be good you know print and fly and Miko have time out here in our dog proof section running around and uh, I think that helps keep Miko more relaxed you know so um, my take on it if you're doing everything right no issues at all bringing another dog into the household and it can be a real positive thing you know um, for sure uh, Steve hi Paul Gunner is eight months old Doberman and has been doing the Palmico dog guide for about three months he is amazing with walking on a shortened long line, turn command, etc. But he is still not great with the sit command. We'll do it really well before feeding, but when training, I always have to push his bum down. Also, he deliberately looks anywhere but at me to be released. How can I get him to sit on command and also increase his attentiveness and eye contact? And Steve's included a video of him doing a stop drill, which is really, really useful for me to answer this question and Steve so this for me comes back to and what I was talking about earlier is and watching that stop drill for me you need to sharpen up a little bit um two big things I noticed from that video even though it's a super short video is um I would sharpen up instead of saying uh gonna sit nice and crew you're quite relaxed gonna sit you know gonna sit and he's just sort of standing there and then you wait one or two seconds and you slowly step in and very gently push his bum down. I would switch a little bit to gonna sit. And if he doesn't sit, I'd step in quicker. And instead of, I'm not telling you to hurt the dog, hit the dog, none of that. But instead of gently placing your flat palm on his bum and nicely pushing him down, I would push him down with the tip of my fingers. So it's just, it's almost like getting dug in the ribs again it's super gentle it's not about pushing hard but I would just sharpen up on your tone and your touch and even the speed at which you step in and get his attention 
And even when he's not looking at you too, I'd say, instead of saying, gunner, gunner, I'd say, gunner, you know, sharpen up, snap your fingers, move quicker. It, it, this all this type of thing can make a huge, huge difference to your training. And then always remembering that it's pressure on what you don't want and you're trying to get the dog to do the right thing so you can switch to praise as quickly as possible. And to get good results, you can switch from pressure to praise very quick. It's the exact same thing. Instead of kind of going, gonna sit, and then waiting a second and a half and then slowly stepping in and gently pushing his bum down. It's almost like you're patting him on the bum, you know. Um, and then gently stepping back. And so he's actually sitting now, but you haven't said, you haven't switched the praise instantly, you know. If you sort of say, gonna sit and then wait a second and a half, slowly step in, push his bum down, step back wait two or three seconds and then say good boy versus gonna sit gonna sit the second he doesn't sit and step in quick real quick push his bum down and the second he's sitting even as, as his body relaxes before his bum hits the ground the second he relaxes and goes to drop his bum you switch from gonna sit good boy so it's quite schizophrenic it's quite it looks weird you know, if someone was listening to it or watching it without the dog there, if you could erase the dog from the situation, you'd look very strange. But that's what good reading and timing is. So just sharpen up on all of that real quick and fast. And a big thing from that video for eye contact would be stepping further away from him. And I could just see moments there and walking around his back. Walking, You're only stepping back a couple of metres and sort of walking around about a quarter turn and I could see moments there where if you had a step further back or taken a step around to your left got further around his back then he would have looked up and and he's looking quite there's definitely something off with the way he's taken the whole thing he's sort of looking down and looking away and doesn't want to make eye contact um there's some reading and timing issues there where he doesn't quite know exactly what's going on. And that's all to do with reading and timing and switching from pressure to praise, sharpening up on the pressure so he actually knows what he's meant to do and when he's meant to do it or what he's not meant to do as well and sharpening up on that praise. Yeah, basically sharpening up on the pressure and praise. So there's there needs to be a very clear difference between what he shouldn't do and what he should do you know and when all that's too spongy and slow and gray area the dog can't read it properly and all he knows is you're sort of trying to get him to do something and there's pressure on and not quite enough praise and things aren't happening and he just knows there's pressure on he's probably not doing it right and he doesn't really like it you know um and i just liven the whole thing up a bit um, step further away from him to get this eye contact and getting that eye contact is all about praising eye contact and I see you do it a couple of times and releasing on the eye contact too and stepping back walking around his back walking further if you just walk further away um, that'll make a dog look up And but if you walk away very slowly it won't you take one quick step like you're really going somewhere and all of a sudden the dog will pop up 
you know and and all his body language there i can see you need to liven the whole thing up so so when he looks up okay or will give you a release command and like clap your hands good boy and take a couple of quick steps like um liven the whole thing up a bit so give that a go steve and let us know how you get on luke i know you're a dog whisperer i don't know about that i can train him i can train him uh I know you're a dog whisperer, but any help with cats? Training with Ida is going well, but our cat keeps being an asshole. <laughs> Pretty difficult for Ida not to retaliate. We just give her a command of disapproval and pull on the long line when she tries to chase him. Am I doing the right thing? And there's like a two second photo of she's literally got the puppy on the long line and the cat is out on the back lawn and like running in and taking a swipe at the puppy while she's trying to train it so or well well sorry well he's trying to train it while luke's trying to train the dog uh first things first with all eliminate the situation like lock the cat inside or something you know that's it's kind of silly to be to be have your pup on a long line in a situation where a cat's like running in taking a swipe at the pup um so again first things first anything like this eliminate the situation get rid of the cat lock it inside get a cat crate whatever um i wouldn't expect uh, you know and the pup looks um really young too So you're saying you give the commander disapproval and pull on the long line when she tries to chase him. It's really the cat running in and swiping at the pup, putting the pup in that situation and then having to give the pup a commander disapproval for looking at a cat that's just running and swiped at it is 100% setting a pup up for failure. It's setting a pup up for unnecessary conflict with you. That's a commander disapproval that you've had to give the pup that you shouldn't have had to and all of that sort of thing um so again i just eliminate the situation as much as possible if it's in a normal situation where a pup or a dog or a cat is in the same vicinity and the pup or dog is showing unnecessary attention towards the cat it's looking at it, it's thinking about chasing it, it's chased the cat a couple of times, we come back to reading and timing and correcting the thought. And we're talking about this in another Q&A, but, and we're actually going to do a video with Bo and the Palmico dog guy, really going deep into this whole idea of correcting the thought. And uh, we've got Bo who's showing aggression towards other dogs, it's a deeply ingrained problem that the owner's been dealing with for ages, and we've got some footage there of right from Bo fully launching at the end of the lead, barking and whining and um, basically trying to attack through to her sitting there and that very first moment her brain switches from being completely relaxed to, oh hang on there's a dog over there and her, she, her, her head turns, her mouth closes her eyes change and her ears turn forward and that's that very first sign that very first time she looks at that other dog in that way that's what i want to correct correcting the thought so 
we'll be going into that in this we're doing a whole video on the Palmaker dog guide about um, just correcting the thought but that's what I would do with a pup or dog don't wait to it's even in that video um, Yeah, I just watched it a couple of times and I don't know if there's an audio lag on the playback on the videos and the comments, but it's sort of the cat comes in and swipes, the pup turns, takes about five steps and then it's out. It's like the second that, it's the second that pup looks at the cat, you know. It's alright for a pup or dog to look at a cat, but once a pup or dog is getting to the point where it's starting to chase and show aggression or show unwanted attention to the cat then you want to start correcting it when it looks at it or when you see its body language switch to that intensity mouth closed ears forward beady eyes correct the thought um and that's it that's all the questions we've got for this q a so I'm going to put another post up here straight away and this is how I'm going to try to do them. Uh, I'm going to want to do these Q&As more regularly, maybe revisiting um, things that we talked about in the last Q&A. So we'll want to hear how Kimberly gets on and how Sarah gets on and Megan and Steve and Luke and Put your questions and comments. Let us know how you get on. I'll do that another post. Um, a whole new one. Which will be the red or pink post in the Palmico Inner Circle. Which will be put your questions for the next Q&A here. And I'll answer them in the next Q&A. Thanks guys uh, and girls and everyone and dogs and cats. Uh, if you want to find out more about Palmico Dog Training. Palmico Dog Training on Facebook and Instagram. We've got public pages with links to the trailer for the dog guide and heaps of stuff. You can sign up to the Palmico Dog Guide, jump in the inner circle, start training your dog with all our videos, ask questions and get involved. Uh, we're building up quite a cool little community here of people training good dogs. I'll see you later.